102. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm Kim. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window uh, than a mirror where we come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily see ourselves. All right. So we're coming up or this is the last few chapters of second chronicles yes, and you guys have made it you through made it yeah you guys have made it through a book you would have skipped <laughs> right um well we can't assume everybody read it all but <laughs> hey anyway um there's grace for you too so anyway we're here in second chronicles and we're introduced to this guy named manasseh mm-hmm. and Zakiah was great and his son is like his grandfather he did yes just like mm-hmm. his grandfather he basically undid everything mm-hmm. hezekiah did right right um, he messes everything up. Um, and it just reminded me, I used to run track and basically we would have, you know, uh, these relay races. I was never really good. Um, and so basically you would hand off the baton <laughs> to the next person and That's that good. person who handed the baton off could run as fast as they wanted. But if the person you handed off the baton to was slow. That's good. It was a wrap. That's right? good key. Manasseh comes. <laughs> he doesn't just run. He doesn't just take a baton and run slow. He runs the other way. The complete opposite direction. Right. The complete opposite direction. And it's crazy that um, the text mentions uh, that you know they were uh, doing was evil in the Lord's sight, and it angered him. Mm-hmm. And it even brings up uh, the Canaanites, right? Right. And what that means, like wh- why he does that, is that you know he's saying that. They're so bad. They're so bad that yeah. they deserve the same fate, mm-hmm. right, as the Canaanites. And remember what happened in Joshua and Judges. So, And I'm struck by how much energy and effort he had to take in order to go the complete opposite direction. Like yeah. literally not only undoing what his father did, but reestablishing the altars, reestablishing mm. the Asherah poles. And mm. so the amount of effort and energy that he had to go into in order to be evil um, and lead the people in evil is astounding to me. Absolutely, yeah. But um, he ended up being humbled, though. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is which is another like. Right. All right, you're messing up my categories, God, because it's like <laughs> this dude is terrible. Yeah. And yeah, and this is the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about people. He's. I'm reading the Bible. He's just acting terribly, and then he humbles. Like so, we have this again, this complexity of of humanity. Right. The Bible is the best. The Bible tells us the nature of God, but it also tells us the nature of man. And we see that man is complex. Mm-hmm. Like we have all these good kings, even like the Hezekiahs and the people like that. And we're right. like, oh, you were great. And then you just made a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Or Uzziah, right? But it's like, here we have a Manasseh who's terrible. And then it's like, exactly. you show humility before the Lord and God is gracious. gracious to them all, right? And he leads the people back to God. But one of the things that when you think about the original readers and hearers of this, mm-hmm. um, to be post-exilic and to have this idea of, no, look at the grace that God gave Manasseh. Mm-hmm. And so to think of the um, encouragement that they would have, the yeah. hope that they would have in healing the story, and the possibility of redemption and restoration, mm-hmm. just how um, gracious or grateful they would have felt to hear the story of Manasseh in this instance and to see that there was hope for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because even his son comes after him, Amon, mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. he did was evil in the Lord's sight. And then it compares him to Manasseh. Like, he didn't humble himself before the Lord, like yeah. Manasseh did. And so it's just like, yeah, like, you know, Manasseh humbled himself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Amon increased his guilt. And so it's just, again, this idea that 
um, what God wants from us is humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, either we humble ourselves before the Lord or he's going to humble us. Right. Right. And that's what the text, yeah, is getting at there. And so. And, and then Josiah. Yeah. My guy, Josiah comes through. Did and not he turn is, aside to the right or to the left. To I the love left. that. I love it. Absolutely. Um, he is, um, he my final king, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he comes and as we mentioned in the book, uh, if you were tracking with us in Second Kings, by all accounts, he is a stud, right? He is a bright mm-hmm. spot in a ton of darkness. He is a dry spot in a rainstorm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what he did in many ways imitated and was comparable to David, right? right? Like yeah. King David. Um, and he thoroughly cleansed, the, like he went through again, thoroughly mm-hmm. cleansing everything, the temple and the fact that the book of the law, like they found, it was tossed aside. And I mm. just thought about how the book of the law, um, they did God's word the way that they did God in their actual mm, lives. And so, so with Josiah and just how he, a complete turnaround. And it doesn't talk about him having these other people, these other men in his life to lead him. Yeah. And so for him to have made this complete change in the way that he did was pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's it's amazing too that mm-hmm. you know the Bible at this time is five books, right? They had yeah, it's true. How five books? <laughs> you, <laughs> how you lose it? How like you lose how it? you lose the five books? Now we have sixty six um, in the canon, and it's like mm-hmm. you know you don't find something like you said that isn't like lost, right? So right. it's like they had no regard for the word of God, mm-hmm. and you see what happens to a people when they disregard. That's good. And I think we do it more subtly uh, these days. But when we skirt mm. over passages that don't make us feel good, or when we try to censor the word of God mm. when we think it will offend too many people, right? Right. That That's is good. the way to uh, to to not like flourish in the way God has intended us to, um, and possibly come under judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. And to turn away from the Lord, turn our hearts away. And so Josiah hears it. He's like, "Oh snap!" He's grieved. He's grieved. Yeah. He's like, "Oh snap!" Like we, what? We've messed up. What? <laughs> We've messed up. Mm-hmm. And Huldah, the prophetess, um, prophesies judgment, mm-hmm. right? And the people of God, she's like, yo, y'all about to get it. All those Deuteronomy 28 curses. It's true. You you know, you remember that? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's about to happen um, because you've disobeyed Yahweh. And even I love, again, we get a glimpse of Josiah's um, character mm-hmm. and that even when he finds out he will be spared, in his selflessness, he still leads the people um, in a way, like back to the Lord. So he doesn't just think, I'm going to be okay, kind of like Hezekiah did. Um, mm. But he has this, I'm going to be okay, but I still need to lead the people back to worship God, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, and it's even, I think we talked about it before, just this mm-hmm. idea of, you know, the mark of a godly yeah. uh you know, person, especially in the Old Testament, you see mm-hmm. it. They set it up for the next generation to uh, walk in covenant faithfulness, even though he knows. And again, Josiah knows his God. He knows that God, yeah, like people repent. He turns back. He he relents. He lets go. He does. And so Josiah, like you said, even knowing the end, it still impacts how he lives now. Exactly. Right. And just they go back, they do the Passover. Mm-hmm. And when they describe all of it, one of the things they mention is that it had never been celebrated in that way mm-hmm. since Samuel. Yep. And so you have the last time it happened with Hezekiah, it hadn't been since Solomon. And now it's going all the way back to Samuel, like literally going back to the basics of where, you know, everything that was established as far as how they would um, worship in that under the kings that is. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's really good because um, he spends a lot of time here and 
in talking about the Passover and the mm-hmm. details and all those sorts of things. And one of the things that um, if you remember a while ago in Leviticus, um, where he lays out the calendar, mm. you know, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, uh, you know, uh, Tabernacle, uh, Abus, um, the Pentecost, like all of these different uh, feasts and festivals, that was to keep Israel organized and mm-hmm. to all... Uh, and to always show them something about their God. Right. Remind them. Yeah, to mm-hmm. remind them of who God was, what he did, and they all had specific purposes. So it's very interesting because, again, this post-exilic community, yeah. he's saying, no, no, no. Yeah. Do not forget these, right? Mm-hmm. Adhere to the calendar, right? We yes. have little Google calendars now. It's like, <laughs> no, no, check your calendar to see yeah. what's going on, to see in the ways you can uh, worship uh, the Lord. And so, uh, yeah, like I thought that was really interesting, like how much time he just spent talking mm-hmm. about it. And they have an opportunity now to, you know, on the other side of the exile when they are getting reestablished to start off right. Mm. And so just the grace of that. Um, and then, you know, we get towards the end and Josiah's death. Um, and the thing that stood out to me is yeah. that here it is. Usually when you hear about someone dying prematurely, yeah. it is punishment. Mm. And in this particular instance, Josiah's death is actually God preserving him from an, a far um, greater evil or not evil, but just the destruction that's going to come later yeah. with Judah. Yeah. God taking Josiah's life actually mm. saved his life, saved him wow. from seeing something far worse. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Like we... We never think of mm-hmm. death, especially like in the Bible or even definitely, well, outside of the Bible, like in our lives, we don't right. think of death in that way or in the Bible either. Um, but he yeah, took his life to kind of save his life mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and, and it was all downhill. Yeah. But from there, it's, <laughs> he, like I said, Josiah was my last king. I don't know it. about these other cats. <laughs> right? They, done. They, yeah. The, the, the kingdom is going down, down, down. Mm-hmm. Right? Like- and we had these last few kings, and then, um, you know, the king of Egypt actually takes out Josiah, right? But also, they they come and take over Judah, yeah, mm-hmm. Judah, right? Exactly. And then, yeah. And so with with them, um, you have Egypt, and he comes in, and and so there's the last four kings are puppet kings because mm-hmm. they're never really in charge. They're right. on the quote unquote throne, right? But they are not real kings because there's other nations who are now ruling over them. And so Egypt, wow. um, you have the king who's taken over them. But then it talks about, you know, there's one king only lasts three months and then there's another one. But something that's interesting is it talks about when the king of Egypt comes in and he makes Eliakim the king, hmm. he changes his name oh, to so Jehoiakim. And that is something that they would do in yeah. order to establish and to show their superiority mm. and the fact so that they, they had change. conquered. They would change mm-hmm. the name. Mm. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, God would do it. Mm. He changed Jacob's name to mm. Israel. Mm. And so here it is. They're changing his name. And in it's a something simple way. Yeah. in a very simple way, change their names. Um, but it's something, you know, we were talking about. We see that we've seen that in our history in America Absolutely. when they would come, you know, they would bring enslaved Africans over, and even with Native Americans, they would change their name to show and establish superiority. So, mm, absolutely, that's phenomenal. Kim is is dropping the bombs. I didn't even yeah. see that. That's so good because even and you mentioned, and I knew it, but I just I just didn't put connect the dots. Like Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's not. There were not those names. Yeah, yeah. that's not their real mm-hmm. like God given names. Um, those are their colonized right names. Um, <laughs> in a sense, and so uh, yeah, like. 
Again, though, the people of God are being taken over. Babylon comes after that. After Egypt. Egypt first, and then here comes Babylon. Yep, Egypt first. And remember Deuteronomy 28, right? Mm-hmm. I'll take you back into ships into Egypt, right? This whole, yeah. all these curses are being poured out. And it ultimately cons- like comes to its a full head in the Babylonian exile. Mm-hmm. Because even Daniel prays, like, oh, you've poured out your curses, Lord. Like, give us grace. And so God pours out the curses, and they come back, and they just rampant destruction right. disrespectful nebuchadnezzar just grueling pro- like, and in three stages you know like they didn't yeah. just do it one he just kept coming back he did it like 605 and mm-hmm. it comes back 597 i think bc and then 586 like there's this constant like you're on edge because you never know what's going to happen next and nebuchadnezzar you know finally like you said he comes through and is complete and final judgment and so you'd had remnants before where it would be you know we would we would harm you, we would destroy your wall, but we wouldn't completely destroy you. And now Babylon just basically comes and destroys yeah, everything. Absolutely. And it's it's crazy too, to, because, you know, verse 15 of mm. last chapter talks about, but the Lord, the God of their ancestors sent the word <laughs> against them by the hand of his messengers, sending them time and time again, for he had compassion mm-hmm. on his people and on his dwelling place. So God was warning them. He did. Over for years. For years, for generations, centuries. Generations, yeah. And it's like, he's so great. And, and he still mm-hmm. brought him back, right? He like He brought him back out of exile. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, for a community who had come back from exile, hearing this is like, oh, right. God is, shows his, yeah, like faithfulness for genera- you know, generations. Generations, yeah. Um, thousands of generations. And... Um, yeah, that that would be good news to them. But here, this text, you know, the city of peace <laughs> had become a place of destruction, right? Mm-hmm. What was supposed to be God's holy city was now defiled. And the text in the original language ends off with such uh, sort of a cliffhanger. So basically, King Cyrus. Yeah. So Persia conquers Babylon, right? We know that from like history um, that Persia conquers Babylon. And basically, under Persia, God like God allows their king to allow the Israelites. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, God will use whatever and whoever Man. he needs to in order to accomplish his purposes. Yep. And they come back mm-hmm. and basically he's going to help like rebuild the temple. Yeah. Um, and so uh, what this text is pointing to, though, it doesn't talk about, again, the full restoration of all of God's people of, uh, you know, um, the blessings that God intended from the beginning for his people to have a land for his people to be in the land with a good and just king a son of david um and yeah we have to wait for this great king this great high priest mm-hmm. who will allow us to worship in the temple with god forever amen amen